All right, well, let's get it on. I'm still in my uh, dress shirt, if that sort of tells you how things went today. Kind of busy. On the phone all day, clients, Chinese lesson, and a complete walkthrough with the complete control board, or at least a partial, anyway. Q-Mix for dinner. Some items missing because of short staff, WTF. And a shout-out to the old man who's been gone for a few years. Folks, Thursday, January 5th. 2023. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you are doing well. Uh, today would have been, I don't know how old my dad would have been this year, uh, pushing 80, I guess, uh, had he, if he was still alive. He passed away a few years ago. And um, so he was actually, his death actually marked a very big change in my life. I mean, for obvious reasons. The biggest obvious reason is that, you know, had a parent pass away. But at the same time, uh, that year, I also had my passport go through the washing machine. And as a result, I wasn't sure if I would be able to return to China. And I emailed the uh, school administrator at that time, the university administrator. And before she got back to me, uh, she reassigned or reallocated all of my hours. As a result... Um, I basically had no job, <laughs> so it was uh, it was one of these things where I had left Beijing. Oh, and by the way, if uh, you've kept tally of where I've traveled before, 2017 is the year I went through Russia. So I went from Beijing all the way. I was going to make my way up to Saint Petersburg. That never happened because I received word halfway through my uh, trip through Russia that my father had passed away. So I returned to Canada to uh, uh, pay my last respects. And uh, so I'd basically left Beijing with a backpack of stuff. That's it. Not even my, like, not my computer. I had a cell phone. I had a couple of uh, changes of clothes. That's it. Beijing, I get to, uh, it was Tomsk, Russia. I get the word. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to. But in Tomsk, Russia, there was like very few flights to Novosibirsk, I think, which is the closest city. Uh, so I have ended up finishing the, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, that um, Trans-Siberian or the Trans-Mongolian Railway. I did that whole thing from Beijing to Moscow um, and then ended up flying back to uh, Canada after that. I made it in time for the funeral, but yeah, so uh, certain things um, just didn't uh, align properly and that was a big shift for me. So, um, But luckily, my dad was able to come to China the year before he passed away. I'm not sure if there's any correlation with that. But he was here, oh, it was December to January, I think, or January 2016, it must have been, somewhere around there. He came with my mom. Uh, they both um, traveled for 10 or 15, two weeks or so. Uh, Beijing, saw them, met them again down in Hong Kong as well uh, to uh, say goodbye. So it was uh, kind of neat. You know, my dad had never been across the Pacific Ocean uh, prior to that. He'd been across the Atlantic, but my dad wasn't a traveler like my uh, like me. Um, my mom a little bit more, but they did they did travel Europe before they got married. Or was it, no? It must have been just after they got married uh, for like a month or so, and then basically they just stayed in Canada afterwards. They didn't go overseas that often. I mean, they chose to have five kids instead. So it was uh, yeah. I mean. Had they stopped after three, I wouldn't be here. You would not be uh, listening to my voice right now, basically. Or maybe you'd be listening to a different accented voice. 
wow, hmm, don't know. Uh, but uh, after reading this um, this book by Bill Bryson, The Body, talking about how average age is going to be uh, 80 and stuff like that, well, my dad never made it that far. So um, that's why I'm kind of looking at it going, hmm, it'd be a, a 73 is sort of the age that uh, is, a, is a tricky age for a lot of men. And uh, that, uh, you know, as a guy, as in my being a Sersky man, this is something I, it sticks in my mind, right? And so even though it's uh, it would be my dad's birthday, uh, I can't help but think about all those sort of sequences of events. Uh, I know that uh, he was, <laughs> I don't know, I remember him being on the phone one time uh, talking to another farmer because he was in the agricultural uh, industry, agricultural uh, uh, sector. And saying, yeah, I don't know what my son's going to do with this classics degree. <laughs> it was right. He was right. I mean, I, I didn't really know either. Um, and But then eventually I, I moved to China. Uh, and it was, yeah, like I, I just didn't get home as much as, uh, as I um, did before in my travel. So, um, so, Vichnia Pamyat to my father, which is memory internal in, uh, memory eternal in Ukrainian. It's something that we... Uh, uh, we sing at the uh, the funerals, especially beautiful song, heart wrenching song. It's only like two words, uh, and you can make it through an entire funeral. But when you hear those words and that uh, song sung, typically it breaks most people, uh, it, it, just about everybody. To tell you the truth, so all right. So all that being said, my life in China. Uh, <laughs> to say the job that I got after the whole passport debacle, which I could talk about another time, although I don't, I've never really, I've written down a blog post about it, and I never published it though. Um, I, I guess there is a sort of time and a place to do this, uh, and I maybe maybe it's time to sort of reflect on that. But uh, today, being my my father's birthday, happy birthday to uh, my my dad. Uh, but okay, so all that, yeah. Dad passing away, passport, troubles, returning to China, getting a new job. The job that has me now sitting in my apartment, looking at a computer all day, talking to my clients. <laughs> I mean, I work from home, which was like the glory of the achievements so many years ago. I want to work from home. My dad worked from home uh, in the last uh, 15 years of his life. Um, after he retired and everything, he uh, just, he's like, I'm not, I get more work done at home than I do at the office, which is true. And I, I see why, uh, because it's like, you can get a lot more things done <clears throat> when you're not dealing with, I don't know, managers who are uh, talking about any number of things, colleagues who want to talk about any number of things, none of it, which sort of pushes you forward or, uh, produces any sort of results or anything like that. So it's, uh, <laughs> well, he's, oh, not only that. Traveling and working from home, working from anywhere. Isn't that the glory that everyone seeks? You know, being able to make money just by working on your computer? Yeah, well, I spent all day on my computer, basically. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I worked on my computer today. Then at lunchtime, I had a uh, Skype uh, Chinese lesson with my ch Chinese teacher who is not in her her uh, city. She's in Guangzhou, I think. Uh, doing some sort of traveling. Um, and then after work, like almost right after work, uh, I sat down to uh, reconnect with a, a, a former colleague 
uh, from many years ago. Uh, actually, we've kept in touch over uh, since then. Uh, you might actually remember him, Steve Black, from episode 11 of my podcast. Uh, he was my first guest so many years ago. And one of the reasons I chose him is because one of the reasons why we, uh, the same reason why we basically spent three or four hours today on the phone uh, catching up. And he was the one who was walking me through this um, this keyboard that I bought uh, a couple of months ago. Um, so he's down in Australia now, down in Tasmania, but he was one of the first guests. He was the first guest on uh, my podcast. And the re- one of the reasons I selected him um, to be on it is because he's a very conversational guy. So uh, he is uh, obviously much older than I am, but the guy talks in a way as if uh, age is nothing, as if experience really means nothing either. So it's a very equal conversation, uh, and he can propel it forward as well. So um, it's not like one of these stunted conversations that you can have with some people, because some people, uh, you know, they, they actually a lot of people who haven't traveled quite a bit uh, might have troubles uh, sort of talking to people they don't know. Right, that that's uh, that can be an issue with Steve Black. It's it's never been like that. And he does it with every everybody. It's not just me. Uh, he does this with everybody. So, uh, but yeah, it's th- this whole thing of working from home. Um, and we were since Steve and I were talking today, I was sort of filling him in on how things are in China. And I was telling him this last couple of weeks. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, is this it? This is this is this my life? Like where? I live in China in an apartment I can never own, talking to a computer for a job that's trying to automate me, <laughs> and then sit down and do after work or post work, after hours, uh, video and audio editing on a computer. I was basically, you know, getting to the point of how much more stuff. Can I either fit in this this apartment, or do I want to fit in this apartment, or do I actually need? Because let's face it, there's a point where you get you hit a wall. You hit a wall in sort of your te- uh, technological prowess. We were actually talking about having uh, two different workstations, which is some people might wonder. It's like, well, why do you need? You know, how, how many computers do you need? So, same with like, how many drums do you need? And I go. Okay, drum sets one thing because you won't you don't play them all at once obviously but with computers um and this is something that you you probably wouldn't really feel or realize until you had two or three projects that were so separate from each other that it, it's a you need to get up and walk away you know how at work you, you maybe you have a, a meeting or you you have one desk or you don't have a desk, and or you've been working on a project, and you just say, like, okay, I need to walk away from this. Imagine if your walk away from that project was an alt tab or a command tab, like switching applications uh, on your computer. You don't actually physically move. Instead, you just switch programs. Well, that's what it can be like, especially as my production workflow grows. You know, Final Cut, Logic, I've added Ozone and Isotope. The Isotope, these uh, two uh, mastering programs and stuff like that. This this complete control board that I'm trying to learn. Um, this is this MIDI interface thing. This is all new to me. Like, I've never really looked at it before. 
I understood that what it was, but uh, I, I haven't really, um, I've never had to use it, <clears throat> right? So I've never used it at all. And so, um, but Steve has, like he, when he left China so many years ago, he had shipped his entire studio uh, down to Tasmania. Of all things, he wants to come back to China. I think he's like one of the only people I know who's like, I would love to be back where you are. I'm like, dude, I'd almost trade you positions to tell you the truth. I mean, <laughs> I've been stuck here for four years, whereas you've been out for four years, three years, whatever it is, pick a number. Um, but so he he knows all this stuff. He's actually one of the uh, the guys I was talking to before I bought it. Um, and he sort of convinced me because the way he talks about it is very optimistic uh, and very much in the, the line of like, if this is a path that you even think you're going to be on, that is like soundtracking, music production, uh, home studio sort of stuff, then like this, this stuff is not a waste of money. It's an investment. Not only is it just for something in China, but you can literally take the skills with you anywhere. And so, I mean, with, with a sales pitch like that, and he didn't get any affiliate income from this as far as I know. Maybe they're tracking his words. I don't know. But uh, I was like, all right, but let's, let's, let's take the deep dive. Um, and three months later, he's teaching me how to use it. <laughs> uh, because it is, it is kind of intimidating, this complete control board, because um, it comes with its own software that integrates with Logic Pro, which I use for my, my music editing and everything. But opening up this complete control station you have to understand where things are and if you don't understand where things are I, when I first opened it I got it working because I followed the, the tutorial but the tutorial was rather it was basic and it was very easy to forget because you open it up and it's very intimidating so Steve walked me through this whole thing how to uh, not just integrate it with logic because that's that happens automatically but uh, in terms of how to load the different instruments <clears throat> and how to stack them as well. I bought this one plugin called Guitar Rig 6. The idea being that I would sort of be able to learn how to play guitar. Not that I really care how to learn to play guitar. It's just one of these things that uh, if I could replace needing a guitar player, it would make my life a little bit easier. Now, you're probably going, oh, Steve, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, you're right. Because especially with guitar... Uh, there is something to be said about uh, the personal touch, the personal feel uh, to playing an instrument such as the guitar. It's like same with the violin, right? Drumming, uh, they've automated it, okay? Logic and GarageBand have automated the feel of a drummer. Can you tell the difference between an AI drummer and a real drummer? Uh, it'd be tough. Now, getting into AI guitars... There, are, there is software that you can get that does a pretty good job of it as well. Um, but like the, this idea that I'm going to buy a plug-in and play on a keyboard and therefore I don't have to deal with guitarists anymore, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's that easy. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I know it's not that easy because in my experience of um, trying to learn all these different things, uh, the, the idea is a lot easier to create than the production of what you want to create. I mean, by Lama, do you understand? Right, so it's easier to think that you can do it than to actually produce something with it sounding the way you, you want it to sound or that people would accept as sounding, right? All right, so that's uh, was uh, ended up uh, doing that for uh, most of the evening. 
Um, ended up going to QMix for a late dinner. I was debating, like, do I make dinner at home? I don't really want to create any more dishes because I haven't washed the ones from the last couple of days. Uh, I also wanted to get out because I've been inside since I did have this uh, Chinese lesson at um, at lunch, which it was a good idea. Like, I, I like this idea of having a uh, Chinese lesson during the day because it, it's a, it, kind of like a workout, same thing. It's, you get it out of the way, and then that way it's done checkbox, uh, checkmark sort of thing. I've done my, my language uh, uh, acquisition studies for the, the day, uh, and I can feel good about myself. Same with yesterday. I did uh, another class with uh, this uh, Chinese lady again. Like, half an hour is perfect. I'm, I, maybe, I don't know, an hour seems to be too much to learn to study a language uh, with a teacher because especially, I guess what, what's happened is that it's all in Chinese, first of all. So I do feel a limited vocabulary, but also their explanations, if they try to explain in detail or something, I can follow along with most of it, but then it sort of starts wearing down after a while. I start wearing down after a while, going, okay, losing it, losing it, lost. <laughs> what, um, mm-hmm. you did say a bunch of words that I could have understood, but I didn't. Shemayisa, um, what does that mean, right? And so, you know, one of the challenges, okay, if you ever want to sort of practice your abilities to uh, converse and be fluent in language, one thing is like, well, what do you mean by? What do you mean by? And you usually pick out a word that um, you can, to, in, in a normal English conversation, what would happen is that someone would say a bunch of words, and since the English language is very information dense at the end of the sentence, then someone would be like, well, what do you mean by at the end of the sentence? Well, okay, so so that's the English way of asking a question. Uh, but in Chinese, or when you're ever learning a language, it's that you have to let someone talk, and then you pick out that word that you don't know, and you ask about that word. And this, is, this isn't just like Chinese-specific. This could be about English as well, um, where you have to develop that ability to put it in the bank, the short-term memory bank of like what, words you're trying to add what which ones that you didn't did you not understand can you ask for clarification on them so uh, and this is happens very uh quite a bit when you're in class and most of these classes like i i would say the number like i want to say like 95 percent of my class was in chinese so she, she only speaks chinese pretty much 95 percent of the time and i'm speaking Chinese, maybe 90% of the time, but there aren't, usually it's a word or two. Um, if the class goes on, I do find myself uh, having to explain things in English a lot more, Only usually because not, not only have I sort of used up all the words that I do know, so I don't want to just keep on repeating myself and talking very simply, but simply my brain gets tired, which is very bizarre. It's that you, you get tired of talking, which is kind of funny. Steve, your podcasts are three hours long. How can you get tired of talking? <laughs> Good question. Um, my podcasts are in English, not in Chinese. Wait for that. If I can do a podcast for three hours in Chinese, I'd be impressed. Could I do it in the next year? Probably not. Two years? Possibly, to tell you the truth. Possibly. So that's why I booked uh, Chinese lessons at lunchtime, is to be able to get that, that work in. Uh, so as it stands, I got Wednesday nights now, 
and then we'll see about Thursdays because Thursdays I think uh, we're gonna have another project starting up uh, next week for a few Thursdays at least and then we'll see if that certificate is publishable and stuff like that uh, that will be in English not in Chinese although parts of it might be in Chinese we'll see how that goes uh, but um, other than that so I mean on the phone all day um, studying Chinese working and then also getting a, a walk through uh, through this uh, these these new softwares this new software that I got and everything and then it ended up at QMAX so what what happened at QMAX okay so they were first of all no scanning barcode scanning which is great or uh, QR code scanning but they had an an, uh, an insert of the menu saying some items are not available because we are short staffed and due to the coronavirus and blah blah blah, blah. I'm going well short staffed I mean what this was bizarre because this morning I also saw a Bianlifeng convenient B is the translation it's a, like a convenience store uh, they're hiring so. Of all things, hiring is started, but I know of two or three people who've quit their jobs recently, Chinese people who've quit their jobs. There's this physiotherapist, and there's another lady I know as well. Uh, there's one more somewhere, I think. Um, and uh, so the hiring is going on here in China. Now, are they, are they going to be able to find the people to fill these positions? Will people want to work those jobs? I don't know. But yeah, QMX, they had a restricted dinner. Not that it really affected me anyway. It was I usually only get one or two things at QMX, um, depending on what it is. And I only had, uh, I had lighter beers as well. So um, yeah, kudos to me. Awesome. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, January tracks, uh, I think they've been uploaded. They should have been anyway. Uh, if you haven't uh, had a chance to uh, ha- have a listen at those, um, this podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. You can take a listen. I've created separate daily tracks for uh, the January um, Song of Day Challenge that I'm doing right now. I've also uploaded the December Drumming uh, full album uh, yesterday and also just dropping yesterday, just released yesterday's episode number 36 of my big podcast where I talked to Kurt Hamilton about his life in China. Now, I do have other clips I'm going to release from that episode, uh, hopefully tomorrow. And then that way you guys can uh, have a look at that as well. All right. The show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stephenstrzewski.com. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.